I I believe in you and I I, no, I wanted I wanted to talk about something before we started just to you know get things squared away but what I'm gonna do is exercise some faith in you and I I I know I'm right I just want to prove that I'm right stop recording no real for real no, I want to know. I'm just gonna. No, it's gonna. It's gonna work. I promise you. You're that good. What? Just don't worry about it. You're fine. You should have not said anything. Because now I'm just gonna sit here and wonder what the hell you're no, talking as, about. No, as as soon as you fucking nail it, I'm gonna be like, yup, and I'll tell you, and then you're gonna be like, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Staney. And you're listening to Mixed Politics. Welcome to episode 23. Mm -hmm. Staney, what are you drinking? I am drinking the remnants remnants of my happy hour margarita. They they gave us a pitcher and it was huge. A couple of friends and I went out tonight and I was like, I'm not wasting this. And I also don't want to come back and mix a whole thing by myself. So I just... Just, so you drove yeah. home with alcohol yeah. in an open container. It wasn't open. That container is closed. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess so that's a good point. what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking what I am calling Razzle Dazzle. Okay. It's got Sky Vodka and what is this called? Bang Mix Hard Seltzer Pur- Purple Kittles oh, is mi- the name of it. Mixed with two X's. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. All right. And what are we talking about tonight, Beth? <laughs> What's going on with the debt ceiling? All right. <laughs> Nailed it. Ah, uh, that's what it was. Yes. Because I didn't ask. I know. Yes. And I didn't say either. I appreciate that you have faith in me. I knew it. I was just like, come on, man. She obviously got this if i yeah yeah thank you i appreciate you you're welcome all right so i guess we should probably start by saying that so many people are pissed off about the republicans this and the democrats that as it relates to the national debt and the debt ceiling but i think that most people don't really understand the history of the debt ceiling Mm -hmm. how it came to be why we're in this position today. So in order to educate our viewers that we love so much, we're going to talk about, I guess, <laughs> with that face. I love our viewers. Oh, I like them. Okay. Okay. You like them. I love them. Uh, yeah. So we're going to, I guess, start with the history of why we have a debt ceiling. How did it come to be? Okay. So um, I think I want to start by comparing our debt ceiling slash limit situation to other countries our country is rather unique when it comes to managing our debt and borrowing etc um of the close to 200 or over 200 countries that are on the planet i think only one country is close to our system of debt management of how we manage it yeah and that country is denmark but it's still not even close like they're just like the close second and then everybody else is whatever so usually how you run a country and a government that you're incurring debt, which means you're borrowing from other countries, other financial institutions, etc., mm-hmm. is that you borrow to a percentage of your GDP. Okay. So whatever 
exports or you know goods or services that your country is providing to the rest of the world uh-huh. and you're making money you say okay we can only borrow so much of that so that when it's time to pay it back we got that sure um a good number is around 40 percent okay. some people push it some countries push it it goes 60 whatever um but the u.s does not have a system like that our debt ceiling is not tied to our gross domestic product um it's tied to what well, a bunch of people feel like it should be tied to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's and, kind of always been that way, yes, right? Yes. From, from, from the beginning. From the start of the country. Yes. And that's, I think we should go all the way back to that start. Apparently, um, in me preparing for this, I found a conversation between Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton. And they were talking about how to sort out the debt situation because they needed money. The country needed money Mm -hmm. to do all the things that you would do when you're trying to build a nation, build roads, build schools, post offices, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have a lot of money because we were pretty young. Well, we we weren't collecting taxes like that we do now. We Mm -hmm. weren't collecting them back then. Right. And we also, because the country was new, we literally just came out of a war that cost a lot of fucking money. Very expensive war. Wars aren't cheap. Right. They weren't cheap. So even though we did collect taxes on some level, it wasn't standardized Mm -hmm. like it is today. So really, it was just kind of... There was no IRS. There was no IRS. There was no centralized way of collecting taxes. Right. So um, what Alexander Hamilton was pushing for is to have a centralized bank, which we now know as the Treasury, mm-hmm. um, to absorb all the debt from each individual state. Okay. And the reason why he was proposing this, I mean, if you just look at that by itself, it sounds absolutely ridiculous, um, because then the central bank would have power over all of these states. But we needed to get money from other sources, and other sources meaning other countries. Mm-hmm. And... You can't just go and ask, you know, France, England, Spain, wherever, and be like, hey, we need some money. Give us some money. Especially the, not England at that time. Yeah, exactly. We just, we just beat their ass in the war. We just kicked their ass in the war. With the French's help. Yeah, so, we just beat your ass. Give us some money. Right. So we had to go find money from other countries. And the first thing any institution or entity wants to know when you're borrowing money from them is, how are you going to pay us back? What do you and that that's that's why the GDP um, comparison before is very important because you can look at a person a country's GDP and say okay well you make this much money they're only borrowing this much much money so you can pay us back we can right. see that you can pay us back right America had no GDP really at that time <laughs> like after the war no and so um, they had to come up with a system so they were going to create was it blowjobs that's how they're going to repay their debt no it's not that bad. That had you, to ask. you can't use okay. that as legal tender. <laughs> <laughs> Some people could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry. So, um, what they decided to do was create a central banking system, um, the treasury, and then the treasury would absorb the debt from all of the states. Okay. And the states would then owe the central banking system. Mm-hmm. So then now the federal government could go to other countries and say, hey, we need some money. And then when those countries are just like, how are you going to pay us back? They're going to say, the states owe us money. And so they're like, oh, you have income. That's fine. We can lend you money. And literally, that is how the treasury and the central banking system started. 
they it's put so other yeah they put they put the states and us as people in debt uh-huh. so that we could create a credit because the bigger the debt sorry the yeah the bigger the debt the larger the credit yes I didn't study finance in school so this is very interesting to me but I do That's get it true. because I do play the stock market and credit and debit spreads are fun right. mm-hmm. fast forward to 1917 mm-hmm. we're in the world's theater the world's biggest joke world war one and we're about to enter the war at this point now we have a functioning government a yes. functioning congress etc and in the constitution if you read it it literally says that congress will appropriate all the monies yes for everything and so Basically, Congress has the pocketbook. You might hear people in the media talking about that. They've got the pocketbook. That's right. what they mean by that. Right. It's in the Constitution. Congress decides what money, where it goes, who buys it, mm-hmm. etc. So what was happening prior to World War One is that if a New Jersey post office needed a new sign, mm-hmm. they would go to Congress and Congress and they'd be like, hey, we need a new sign. We're going to have this guy make it. This is how much it costs. This is how much we need to pay this guy, etc., etc. And then they would bring it to the House floor or the Senate floor and they would talk about it and they would decide whatever and then finally they would sign off on it mm-hmm. and then they would sign off on it and send you to the to whoever's in charge of making the sign send you to the Treasury mm-hmm. go collect your tre- your check from the Treasury mm-hmm. because we've appropriated that money yes and they did that for everything for schools post office roads fire departments police everything. it's everything however we are now about to enter World War One. And wars, as we said before, aren't cheap. Very expensive. They're very expensive. And so Congress literally did not want to bother with every 13 minutes, we need a new tank. We need six more airplanes. We need bullets. We need bombs. We need Mm -hmm. to pay engineers. We need to pay contractors. We need to pay Lockheed Martin and whatever, whatever. Because that would just ruin the business of the day, as according to Congress. And so what Congress decided to do was to delegate this system to the treasury. Yes. They're like, stop coming to us for the money. Go to where the money is. Yes. Go to the treasury. Yeah. And you will get the money. And so Congress said to the treasury, listen, we're going to let you buy all the shit that the country needs. Mm-hmm. However, you can't pass this limit. Mm-hmm. This is where it's at. And we're not going to let you spend a dime more. Yeah. So buy all the shit you want, but here's where it's here's the cap, and, it, and that cap is the debt limit or debt, debt ceiling. Ceiling, and that is to put it a different way, the debt ceiling is the amount the Congress already budgeted. Already, already budgeted. Yeah. they know what it is before the Treasury knows what it is. Exactly. So Congress says, we'll put it in simple dollar amounts. Right. Congress says we want to have three trillion dollars as our budget. Treasury, go figure out where all this $3 trillion goes. Don't go above that. So right. the debt ceiling is what they've already budgeted. So that was World War One. Fast forward to today. It's a little bit different. Still same premise. Treasury still gets to divvy out the money. Congress decides where the limit is. The only difference with today is that when the Treasury decides, okay, we have roads to build, schools to build, fire departments to build, Airports, etc., etc., etc. This and we've we've calculated that this is the price for these things. Mm-hmm. They now have to take the price back to Congress, mm-hmm. 
and then ask Congress, hey, can we use the money for this? Which is kind of ass backwards from what we just said. Because you told the people, here's the cap, here's the money, spend it. But when it's time for them to spend it, they got to come back and ask to spend the same money that you just told them that they could spend. And And all of this, in my opinion, is just posturing and political theater yes because if you really understand how this works it's already pushed to, like you just it's said already budgeted. they've already got the budget yes. so what the fuck are we talking about i'll tell you how we got there there is a specific reason mm-hmm. why we're here just so you guys know we don't talk about these details before we start this podcast this is all Like, he doesn't know what I'm about to say here. There's a reason why there's this back and forth. It is definitely political posturing. So in 1917, when Congress said, Treasury, here's your limit. Go Mm -hmm. spend it as to wherever it needs to go. That was basic practice that we would still... It was similar to what we did, what we do now to Mm -hmm. say, here's the budget, Treasury says, can we approve this? And Congress says, yes, because they basically said, here's what we budgeted. Yes, of course, we approved. There was still the back and forth. We Mm -hmm. just didn't really hear about it. People back then didn't really hear about it. In 1979, Dick Gephardt, who was Speaker of the House, put in a rule that said, we are assuming that if we pass the budget, we're going to raise the debt ceiling (laughs) because this is just stupid to do this whole back and forth thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if we're budgeting it, we're going to approve that limit. If we budget $3 trillion, yes, of course. Then the limit needs to at least be $301. Right. So Dick Gephardt said, if we approve the budget, it approves that budget as the new debt ceiling, Mm -hmm. if it's higher or lower. There were only three presidents between 1917 and 1979. Actually, no, I can even say between 1917 and today, there have been three presidents who have lowered the debt ceiling. Truman, Harry Truman, after World War II, he was a Democrat. Dwight Eisenhower. By the way, that's not the same as a Democrat today. For the love of Christ. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't even matter, though. Okay. So... Truman was a Democrat. He lowered the debt ceiling. Eisenhower was a Republican. He lowered the debt ceiling. Kennedy was a Democrat. He lowered the debt ceiling. Yeah. Every other president before or since has raised the debt ceiling. Or, or their administration has raised the yes. debt ceiling. Yes. Yeah. So the first point that I have is... We do hear a lot of Republicans saying that they're the ones who are trying to lower the debt ceiling and they want to be fiscally responsible. Then why is it that only one Republican president has actually lowered the debt ceiling? Just keep that in mind as we go forward. I can tell you why, but go on. Okay, so in 1979, Dick Hart said, let's just cut the bullshit. If we're raising, if we're approving the budget, that's the new debt ceiling. Cool. That lasts until 1995 when Newt Gingrich was the Speaker of the House. He was notoriously fighting with Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, all the time. Regardless how you feel about the Clintons, because I I understand, I understand, not a fan. But Dick Gephardt, sorry, Dick Gephardt had said, it's assumed we raise the debt ceiling if we're approving this budget, which makes sense. Newt Gingrich said, fuck you guys. 
we're going to make you come back to Congress to approve this, this debt ceiling, which was exactly political posturing because they approved the budget, mm. all of the things in the budget. Treasury comes back and says, here's what we want to spend it on, which was exactly what you so, all itemized. So it's not like and something then, new. It's not like the Treasury is coming back and said, hey, by the way, we want a Ferris wheel. No, we didn't talk about no. that first, but... No. We need it now. Treasury is going to, because Congress outlines in their budget what they're appropriating the money for. Mm. So so the Treasury was just coming back and saying, here's what we approved. Newt Gingrich said, we want to have a discussion about where this wasteful spending is going. So my question is, why the fuck did you approve the, the budget, budget in the first place? If you thought there was wasteful parts of it. Exactly. And contrary to popular belief, that same year, <laughs> when... The government actually did shut down. Yeah. The government shut down, and the the Republican Party was just going out to all the media sources talking about how we have wasteful spending, we want to do welfare reform, we want yeah. to do this and that. That year, the debt ceiling was still raised. It's always been raised, except for except those, for those three. times. But not not only not only that. I think around that time, you started having talks about. Um, being fiscally conservative. That's it was exact, around the same time. Exactly. All of that was part of yeah. the same ploy. It, it was political posturing, and they've used that as a political weapon ever since. Ever since. So please understand that this whole reason for them threatening to shut down the government mm -hmm. is because they are trying to play politics with this and say, we approved the Treasury to spend the money on this stuff, but now we're just going to stand here in front of the cameras and pretend like this is wasteful spending and we have to be responsible with our money and we're not going to approve the debt ceiling yeah. raise when they technically already did vote to approve the debt ceiling raise. You, you know, you know, we used to talk about it when we used to do this podcast remote. We used to talk about the fact that these politicians know that the constituents don't read and they think they're all stupid. Yeah. This is a classic example of such a time where yes. they all think everybody else is stupid and nobody reads and nobody, you yeah. know, goes and digs for information. Yes. Because... Um, one of the reasons why, one of the reasons why the whole debt ceiling, um, debate and talk and whatever is all political is honestly, it's simple common sense. Like if you actually sat down for five minutes and just thought about everything that we've said thus far mm -hmm. and are now, um, comparing it to what things are like today. Right. You can see that it's just bullshit political posturing. And I'll explain it to you very clearly in common sense. Whenever you have a new administration, it doesn't matter which side it is, mm -hmm. whether Democrat or Republican, your new administration, new government, new president, etc. Mm -hmm. They want to spend money. I promise you, you yes. can research this yourself. They promise it on the campaign trail. Yes. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They're going to make this. They're going to build that. They're yes. going to whatever. And all of those things take money. Yes. More money than the current time when they were saying it, which is why we need more money. Yes. If they get those things done, whatever administration it is, whether Republican or Democrat, if they get those things, those promises done, uh -huh. it looks good on them. Yes. Right. So if if, for example, currently, if Biden was just like, we need new bridges, we need new roads, we need new airports, we need new schools, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to do those things. Mm -hmm. And he promised everyone. Everybody's like, yeah, that's going to create jobs. It's going to be whatever. Sure. And it's fine. If he does those things. 
and accomplishes them the way that he said he wants to, his approval rating is going to go up. Mm -hmm. The poll numbers are going to go up because this is a president that is doing what he says. He's keeping his promises, et cetera, et cetera. He got elected by promising those things. Therefore, it's popular. Right. It's popular. So here's how the political posturing makes sense. And I'm sure if you're smart, you've already figured it out. The other side of the government does not want the current administration to look good and deliver on the promises that they made during the campaign. So now the whatever side, so let's say let's say Biden wasn't president and a Republican is president. Sure. Now the Democrats are just like, that's too much wasteful spending, that's terrible spending, whatever, because they know spending makes whoever's in office looks Look good. good. That's just simple facts. That's simple. Like, like, do do you do you want a boyfriend that can spend a lot of money or one that isn't spending a lot of money? Spending a lot of money. It's, it's that simple. Sure. And and the guy who can spend more money looks better than the guy who's not. I've dated penny pinchers before. It's fucking boring as hell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so so that's that's really what the posturing is about. It's not about whether something is right or wrong or economically healthy for the country or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the up the 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 opposition. Is, is roadblocking mm-hmm. the current administration from looking good. And that's the only reason why these debates about debt ceiling and debt limits and spending or whatever happens. Yeah. Because if you look at it, right now Biden wants to spend $3.5 trillion for an infrastructure bill. Right. Right? That's Biden. Yep. George W. Bush wanted way more than that for a war. Yes. For a pissing contest to go finish what his daddy started. (laughs) And at the time, the Democrats were just like, no, that's way too much fucking money. And now... Actually, no. At the time, they were saying, yeah, let's go kick their asses. No, for for Iraq. Iraq wasn't a part of the uh, uh, the 9-11, let's retaliate. There was only one person, though, that voted against it, I think, in the Senate. Oh, I remember. It was a woman. Yes. I remember. A black woman. Yes. Yeah. I remember her name. So they did approve the budget. And they did raise the debt ceiling for it. Yeah. There wasn't any opposition. So, but but here's the thing. But but, but that's just American culture, though, bleeding into the politics because we like war. Probably not the best example just because everybody's a warmonger. Everybody's a fucking warmonger. Right, right, right. But but the, the, the point is... Stop the current administration from looking good yes. by debating how terrible they're spending. And then when you get into power, you want to spend to deliver on your promises. And then the opposite side is like, oh, that's yes. too much spending. And round and round we go, fucking yes. cat and mouse that's all day, exactly every day. That's it all it is. It's a big ass game of football. Make them punt. Mm-hmm. That's it. And meanwhile, all of us are still waiting for the nice things. All of us are still waiting for the goddamn bridges and the roads and yes. the hospitals and the yes. airports and yes. the jobs that those will create while they play fucking games. It's now, and, and this is, if, if, if there is anybody listening to this that is not in favor of the infrastructure bill, go back and listen to our episode that we talked about the infrastructure bill because we do give details about how this infrastructure is so different from the 1950s when the highways were being built you know the the inner the this is something that back in eisenhower's time there was no debate that having highways that stretched across the united states would be a good thing because it's good for commerce it's good for travel yeah so infrastructure bills as part of the budget and 
raising the debt ceiling to cover it, Mm -hmm. it was a no-brainer. Eisenhower eventually lowered the debt ceiling because there were efficient ways to pay for this. But I think that was because the economy itself, the GDP, was growing. And there wasn't as much need for the federal government to subsidize these things. Mm. But this is how our mindset about this is important. We have to stay focused on the objective points of view of what this debt ceiling is about. It's not about fiscal responsibility. This is money that was already budgeted by Congress. So what they're debating right now has nothing to do, well, I can't say nothing. It has little to do with Joe Biden. It has a lot to do with what Congress spent last year. They approved the current debt ceiling. They're refusing to raise it. But part of the current budget is last year's spending. Yeah. So We did talk about that before and now, but Mm -hmm. yeah. We did. So we have to maintain this perspective. And I think the part of this equation is the filibuster. Before you get into that, I wanted to tack on the fact that the only thing that's kind of stopping this infrastructure bill right now is Manchin flexing his little peen. To Manchin and, and Sigma. And yeah. And is by the way, is she in hiding? I heard she was in hiding. She's been having some now, okay, let, thank you for saying that because <laughs> I'd like the opportunity to say Democratic voters, y'all fucking stupid. If you're gonna be chasing Kirsten Cinema into a fucking bathroom to tell her that she's wrong about this. She is not helping the situation to prevent a vote on the infrastructure bill or the budget or raising the debt ceiling. Mm-hmm. You are justified in thinking she's wrong. Do not ruin this by being a dumbass and harassing her over it. Doing the January 6th bullshit to a lesser exactly. degree, but it's still the same. This is, this is why Democratic voters can't feel like they're justified in in committing acts of harassment or violence because that's what the Democrats are accusing the Republicans of doing, the Republican voters and the the January 6th people. Come on, this is stupid. But at the same time, it's it's causing cognitive dissonance because it's it's like, you know, obviously you don't want to... A lot of times, Democrats like to play moral high ground chess. Yes. And we know for a fact that the GOP is all about playing flip table. Yes. So it's like, do you want to play moral high ground chess or do you want to flip tables too? (laughs) So I can't really really knock them too much for using GOP strategies of like brute force. But then they can't play moral high ground. I don't want to play moral high ground. I want to play flip table. You and I don't because we're thinking, we're all about the the reality of the situation. Rather than harassing people, rather than follow... I mean, it's just inappropriate to follow members of Congress into the bathroom, you guys. It is inappropriate to follow anybody. It is so inappropriate. (laughs) Why don't you just vote better next time? How's that for an idea? In the the primary. In the primary. In the primary. Get better members of Congress in there, and then you won't have this problem. Yeah. All right, so how does the filibuster tie into this debt, debt ceiling as, as we live in the year of our Lord, 2020? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the year of future free bands. I like how you put that. Well, the filibuster is obviously part of this equation because so much of what happens in Congress, or should I say doesn't happen in Congress, is because you have to have 60 votes 
to break a filibuster to pass these bills, to mm-hmm. pass the budget, to pass the debt ceiling raise. And if you don't know what the filibuster is, we had did an entire episode on the filibuster. And God, that was a fun one. That was a fun I one. Did, yeah. Um, there's an episode for that. <laughs> it's like, there's an app for that. There's an episode for that. We've already covered it. So oh. please go watch and give it a thumbs up. So the filibuster is really what's preventing much of the progress in this country. Whether you're a Republican or Democrat doesn't matter, or whether you're an independent, you hate all of them. It doesn't really matter. We still are lacking progress in this country because mm-hmm. we can't get anything passed in Congress. Even if it passes the House, it won't pass the Senate because of the filibuster. So I do have to caution the Democratic Party. Seriously, if y'all going to remove the filibuster, remove it and then do what the Republicans do. There is a very vast difference between how Republicans wield their power and how Democrats wield their power. Yeah, It's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. The, the GOP are conservative in policy, but very liberal and progressive in how they wield their power. When they have a majority in the Senate, they ram through some shit fast. They say, we're in power. We're going to do this and this they, and this They changed the filibuster at least twice already in my yes. lifetime. They ram through Amy Comey. Or whatever Amy her name, Barrett. yeah, and and Brett Kavanaugh, Brett Kavanaugh, and Neil Gorsuch, I, yeah, and so it's like, and 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 their only their only response to 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 the outcry of the public of what the fuck are y'all doing was elections have consequences. Exactly, exactly. Deal with it. They have power. They wield it. I don't understand why we don't like why why aren't you flipping table two? That's it, that's where I'm going with this. Is that the Democrats have spent the last year. Plus, sitting on the shitter and just sitting there, growing hemorrhoids. Yep. They're not actually doing anything there. And as, as they say in America, shit or get off the fucking pot, man. Exactly. <laughs> so now we're in the danger zone here. Because if the Democratic Party removes the filibuster so that they can raise the debt ceiling, pass voter rights, which I think passing the voting rights bill is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. They should do that. But they have to understand that if they remove the filibuster now, they damn well better use this fucking time before the midterms and ram shit through just like the Republican Party does. Yeah. It's got to be tit for Because if the House, if the Senate gets flipped and the filibuster is gone, man, we're going back back to the dark ages. exactly where I'm going. On a rocket ship. The the, the Republican (laughs) Party is conservative in policy but very liberal in wielding power. The Democratic Party is very progressive in policy, mm. but so conservative in wielding power. That's why we're not seeing much progress, is because there's always this ram through a bunch of shit that takes us back to the dark ages when the Republicans are in power. Yeah. And the Democrats get in power. They they win the midterms, they win the general election, and then they get in the power and they're like, let's work together and let's yeah. write a bill and let's, Try to stir up support. Let's whip the And then they, they use stupid terms like bipartisan. Like, I don't give a fuck about bipartisan. Do you want? Run the shit. No, I, I do care about bipartisanship. But these people are not talking to each other behind closed doors. No. They're talking at each other through television cameras on media shows. No. It's political posturing. So I say the filibuster should be removed for all the reasons we talked about in the prior episode. Mm -hmm. But the Democratic Party has to be very careful because if the filibuster is removed so that they can pass these bills 
they need to use this time to wield their power equally to what the GOP would be wielding if they were in power. But but how but how does that pertain to the to the debt ceiling? Like the debt ceiling is not it, the the government is in danger of shutting down right now because mm-hmm. Republicans refuse to hold a vote on this, and they're saying we're not going to raise the debt ceiling. There so has it, to be sixty votes to agree to raise the debt uh, ceiling. So if we did a, if happen. we did away with the filibuster or change it in some in some all way, all they need is fifty votes. Then all you would need is fifty votes instead of sixty. Exactly. And then we could, like, have Congress do something. Exactly. They could do something. So the filibuster is part and parcel of this progress happening, but it's very dangerous for Democrats to have waited this long to do it. I I bet. You know what? I'm willing to bet a lot of money and things that if if the Senate or even the House, the entire Congress was flipped and it was... Republicans in charge and wanting to, you know, do increase the debt ceiling or the mm-hmm. debt limit, etc. They just switch the filibuster like immediately, like tomorrow. They just they be would, like they just be like fifty votes. I'm sorry, I'm just I'm not dealing with your shit. They wouldn't even have to switch it. What they could do is use political ammunition because how many Democrats are now on record saying they would want to remove the filibuster? So now those Republicans uh, next year could be like, you said you wanted to remove the filibuster. Oops. Oh you see God. what it is? The Democrats are dumb about having power because they, they show all their cards on the table it's and then they so don't actually push the hand forward and say, dude. It's so frustrating. They don't force their opponent to fold, but everybody knows what their cards are. Let's talk about what happens if we don't if we don't pass the, the, the debt ceiling Good crap question. or the or the or the the limit. <laughs> Good question. Now, in my gathering information for this podcast, I went all the way back, probably about 20 years, and looked at each time that this happens. And this happens a lot. This is like a yearly. This is like. This I is guarantee like, you, you never found a year before 1995 where it happened, right? I didn't go that far. I didn't go that far. But, like, for Congress, like, all of the members of Congress, I'm talking the House and the Senate, uh-huh. this debt ceiling thing is like prom. It's no, I'm serious. Like every year, we know this shit's gonna happen. Everybody got their suits it's and their like corsages. Prom. Yeah, it's like con- it's congressional prom. It's like, hey, so hey, what are you, what are you, what are you wearing? What are you wearing for this debt ceiling debate? What are you, you know? That's awesome. It it really is because yeah. you know it's coming next year at this time. What are we gonna be talking about? Debt ceiling. Every fucking year, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It, it's so true. But, I love it. But what I did find, and I, like I said, every year there's a debate. But what I did find was economists weighing in on oh. the debt ceiling stuff. Interesting. What did you find? It's a chorus. And they're all in unison. What did they say? Because I wonder if it's the same as what I'm thinking. Two things. They're all just repeating the same thing. One, the debt ceiling will be raised. Uh-huh. It has always been raised, except yeah. for the, the rare anomalies. So it will be raised. Well, that was when it was a concerted effort to lower it. Right, right. So their argument is, one, it will always be raised just like it has always been raised. Uh And two, they can't even fathom in their minds what would happen if we defaulted. If we didn't raise the debt ceiling and we defaulted on the, 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 the bonds and the loans. Now... Let me let me explain a little bit to, to some people who might be lost in the sauce. So, how we borrow money from other countries is we literally 
sell them debt. And we sell them debt in the form of government bonds. Yes. The government bonds are literally, I want to say, and this is what I've been told, this is what I read, the safest monetary agreements on the planet. Okay. U.S. government bonds. Good to know. The safest. So you could actually purchase a government bond from the treasury. They sell them like online. Like they you do, can, yeah. yeah. So you can go buy a bond. People used to give them as Christmas presents. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Back in the 80s and 90s. I had some. I don't know what happened yeah. to them. Sorry, Grandma, but I don't have them. So so you can go to the treasury or treasury website or whatever and buy and, and, and literally buy United States debt. Yeah. And they give you a certificate saying that you're a holder of $50 worth of U.S. government bonds. Mm-hmm. And if you turn it in, maybe two, three years from now, you won't get fifty dollars. You no. might get fifty-two. You, you might get fifty-three. There's no, interest. you might get actually less than that. The, the, you might it, get twenty-five. It depending on the economy. Because I think you, I think you would buy it at half of the face value of debt. Yeah. Yes. So so, but let's say everything's going well, mm-hmm. you could get some interest, and that's why a lot of people used to buy them because mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, economy is going good. It was after the war. Investment. It's whatever. It's a very safe investment, mm-hmm. and other countries know that. So where you and I would buy a hundred or two hundred dollars or whatever. Other countries are buying hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars worth of the bonds. I never so, thought about that. About that, other countries buying our bonds. That's how I it never works. Thought about that. You ever so when you're watching TV and they're just like China owns 19 trillion of our debt. Yes. It's actually that ni- they own 19 trillion of bond bonds. papers. Yeah. See, I always thought they were talking about how we owe them that because No. No, 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 no. It's it's, it's the weird it's a weird stupid language of it's trying to get people words upset. Matter. Yeah, it's government it's government bonds, right? Okay, got it. So, let's say X country, just for argument's sake, China, since we like that topic. <laughs> so, apparently a while ago, I can't remember how much it was. It Do was you some... want to piss people off by saying Taiwan, Taiwan? No, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Uh, Stay in time is not a part of that. I'm sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> now I don't want no We'll no do an problems. episode on that sometime. No problems. So, the, if, when, when the government decides we need some more money, mm-hmm. right, a lot of people think, oh, we just print money. Mm-hmm. No, what we do is we sell debt and we sell those bonds mm-hmm. and then the treasury now prints money. Yes. That's how it works. Yes. We don't just print money out of thin air no. like dumb people well, like to say. Well, if you just print money out of thin air, it, it causes devalues inflation. The, it devalues the yes, currency. it causes right. inflation. So, so somebody has to buy the debt. Yes. So let's say X country buys the debt and, you know, they're watching our political theater and they're like, yo, it's time for them to fucking, you know, balance the budget. Mm-hmm. It's time for them to raise the debt ceiling, whatever. But you got Mitch McConnell saying some shit, and this person, whatever, and it's not getting done. And they have to do like an emergency reconciliation bill just to pay people, whatever. And like, yeah. and so what happens is the rest of the world who's holding our bonds, they start to get like, nervous. okay, nervous, but a little bit. Because like I said, it's the safest yeah. bonds. It's the safest form of debt. Um, and so, but they start to get a little nervous, like... Is this going to be the one time in history where these motherfuckers, like, default? Because I hope not. This is not the way. And every single time they start to get that nervous, we just raise the debt ceiling. Yes. Fix the problem. Yes. Why? Because America has never, not one time in the history of the country, defaulted on its loans or debt. 
other countries have. Yes. In my lifetime, I've watched Venezuela, Uganda, a bunch of other countries default on, um, and I think even Puerto Rico recently after the hurricane. Oh, I don't know. I would assume that they probably yeah. did. Yeah. But uh, defaulting on your debt on a, uh, as a country is not some rare thing. It yeah. just doesn't happen in America. It hasn't happened before. D- here. Yeah. And so what what happens is because it's never happened and P and like economists like they say they can't fathom it happening. Right. There's not a lot of contingency for if it does happen. Mm-hmm. Everyone just moves on in life like this is never going to happen. Stop worrying about it. They're going to raise the debt ceiling. Now, I don't know, in five months you can revisit this this episode. And by then, the debt ceiling will have been raised. We did not default on our loans. Moving on with life. But then you can watch it again next year when this subject comes back up again. <laughs> when it happens again. Now, let's just say hypothetically, yeah. because it has to be hypothetically for now, that we did default. Okay. We fucked up. We couldn't balance the budget, whatever. <laughs> and oh no, balancing the budget is totally different. We're talking well, about the we're talking about the the budget for spending. Yes, not the, balancing it. Not the ba- balancing the when I say balancing the budget in this regard, I mean paying off the debts that we owe for our for the bonds to be able to raise the debt ceiling sufficiently enough yes. for us to continue as a country. There you go. Sorry, that's what I meant. Um, if we don't do that, if we don't raise the debt ceiling and continue spending, etc. And we actually default. Mm-hmm. The entire economic system of the world crumbles. Not just America, the world. All financial markets maybe save China, but I promise you they're going to be affected too because they're holding so much of our fucking debt, and they're going to be the main ones going. Wait, y'all ain't gonna pay this, and now we're having World War Three. So. Hmm. Continue, continue. I'm just writing some notes here. So, it's one of the biggest worries because you have so many different financial markets that are like the thing that's the underpinning of their financial markets is the United States financial system or the US dollar. For example, OPEC. You have to buy US dollars to be able to buy oil from Saudi Arabia. You don't buy oil in, in Saudi, in Riyadh. Um, money or whatever. And so if our economic system crashes, oil crashes. Mm. That's just, just one of the oil biggest, so just one of, one of the biggest examples. And so, so all of these other systems crash. So as much as, you know, they're posturing and they're going back and forth about, you know, should we raise it and should we this and that, whatever, it's just going to be raised because... The I'm prom- it's that would be the literal start of World War Three. Yes. If China wakes up tomorrow and is like, wait, y'all not gonna pay this debt? Send the fucking planes mm-hmm. because we're losing anyway, so we might as well fight. True. So let me ask this question to any of our viewers slash listeners who might be voting Republican or might be sympathizing with the Republican Party saying that we are fiscally responsible and all this kind of stuff. Do you want to side with the people who would cause a world collapse just to make Joe Biden look bad? Yo, that's if you crazy. say yes, that's crazy. I didn't even think that's about that. You, that's your choice. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. They want to ruin all these markets, whether whether it's oil, whether it's, you know, 
the military industrial complex, the just everything that's like pegged to the US dollar. Yeah. To just just make it crash just to make Joe Biden just look bad. Just to make that, him look bad. Come on, dude. Because that's 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 what this all is all about. Because they had the Republican Party had no problem last year raising the debt ceiling to pay for the tax cuts, the two trillion dollars in tax cuts that yeah. that, that Donald Trump wanted. They said, sure, the Democrats approved it as well. There wasn't a crisis over the debt ceiling raise. The Democratic Party said, sure, we're going to do this. We don't like it, but we're going to do it. Yeah, because the, because, because, no it, because it benefited a lot of their friends, because too. Because it, it benefited, yes, it benefited the American people. And if you look... It benefited a lot of corporations. Yes, but those two things are not mutually exclusive. It did benefit the corporations it also benefited the american people five hundred dollars or so not as much as the corporations but most americans did get a tax cut i i got negligible but that's the thing is that Mm. there was not this you know we're going to hold you hostage so that Donald Trump looks bad type of thing. He had enough going on to make him look bad that the Democrats didn't need to rely on the <laughs> debt to do money. ceiling to do that. But if you look he back to... bad all by himself. Right. Oh, if you look back to prior administrations, this, this has been happening more so under Democratic administrations than Republican administrations because the mm. Republican Party is using it as ammunition. Democratic Party is using it as ammunition too, not as often... But do you want to support a party who has made it a practice and a pattern of throwing our government into a potential shutdown or yeah. an actual shutdown and then, merely and, and, to make the and other guy threatening look bad. defaulting and on threatening loans. Threatening defaulting on loans, potentially causing World War Three, yeah. just to make the guy look bad. Yeah. So this really boils down to the budget, as we've said. The budget is what Congress has already approved in the bill there's an itemized bill that they write out that they mm. do a yay or nay vote and it's already passed the budget is sealed and sent to the treasury so we're talking about now the treasury coming back and saying yeah cool we're going to spend it on what you asked us to and they're like mm, no we need to 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 exercise fiscal responsibility my point why don't is you going just, why, to do, be, why don't you just put the fiscal responsibility in the budget that's what I'm, yeah my point is going to be, and please, any voters out there, mm. listen to me here. Your politicians should not be approving the budget in the first place. This is not about the debt ceiling. This is about the budget that they're approving. Yeah. And it takes 60 votes to pass the budget. So, so since it was passed, they had the vote. They had a majority in the Senate. To approve this, and the majority in the House to approve this. Yikes! So, so if you're not going to raise the debt ceiling, don't, don't approve, approve the, the budget. budget. Oh my God! <laughs> How is this so hard? I know. And we're not even politicians. Oh, exactly. Jesus Christ. Exactly. This is like going to the grocery store, and you fill your cart full of candy and popcorn so and good chips. And meat, yeah. and then like you open up the bag of chips and you start eating them. You're like, oh, I'm gonna buy these, so I'm just gonna start eating them. And then you open up the candy bars, yeah. you eat a little bit of that, you give some to your kid while you're standing in line. You get up to the register, and then you say, hold up, I gotta call my spouse and ask them what I should be spending my money on. <laughs> After you've already eaten some of the chips and the candy, and you've already filled your cart, and now you've got people behind you waiting in line. 
that's what this is like. And we are the people waiting in line. Yes. To fucking spend our money. Exactly. Um, just before before we, we start to wrap up, um, I just want to make it clear that, like, it, I don't want to make it sound like the podcast is doom and gloom and, like, Armageddon and, and no. what's, the, what's the word for when the word, the apocalypse. Um, <laughs> because there are a lot of things that happen before we get to the point of default. Yes. Yeah. Lots a lot of, of things. things happen. And we're not even close to that yet. We haven't even been close to that ever. No, never. The closest we've ever been is to actually hit the debt, the debt limit. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a cent left to spend. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, you know, the debate starts to increase it so we can spend more or whatever. Yes. But until that is approved or passed, mm-hmm. what starts to happen is the government starts to cut funding. It's pretty much like if you had like a really bad winter mm-hmm. and you had to keep your heat on the entire time. And mm-hmm. then your heating bill that you usually budget for at like mm-hmm. 120 bucks is now $700. Yes. And so... Now you're just like, okay, $700. We still have to pay it because we're still cold and we don't want the heat to be cut off. What can we cut back on? Yes. Maybe we need to cut off the cable. Right. Maybe we need to, you know, get a more fuel efficient car. Right. Maybe we need to, you know, cut off the internet. Buy less groceries. Buy less groceries. Buy cheaper groceries or whatever. And that's exactly what the government does. Yes. In house. Yes. When we hit the debt limit and we don't have any more to spend. And the yes. first thing that they start doing is, and I know y'all love this, <laughs> they start dipping into Social Security. Yep. They start dipping into Medicaid. At least they're threatening. Yeah. To and, but this has happened before. I think in 2011 when it happened, they definitely dipped into Social Security and then Medicaid. And then it got so bad that they dipped into military pay. That's just unheard of. Military pay, and then it was the federal government workers. They started to they started to issue. Um, it wasn't it wasn't their pay. It was I don't remember if it was a pension or whatever. Mm-hmm. They started to take money from the four hundred one k from the pensions, and then like issuing literal IOUs, like literally IOU. Just hold that. When we sort this out, we'll put the money back. Actually, that happened like the last Obama year. Mm-hmm. I remember that mm-hmm. happening because remember because we were talking about the federal workers need to get paid. Yes, exactly. The federal government actually did shut down yes. national parks. Shut down, right? If you guys remember that, that in twenty sixteen, that's that exactly was what an happened. Issue because they were saying let's cut the federal budget by any means possible, which means the, the people working at the national parks, the people working at museums, the yeah. people working for federal the, jobs. Those people went weeks without getting their their pay, and they got it back. But, but in the meantime, their mortgage is still due. There's so much damage. Due. Right, right. Their mortgage is still due. Their car payments still due. Like, yeah. That doesn't help the people. Like, oh, you're going to yeah. get it in a couple when we sort this out. So so that that is a huge, like, I guess, speed bump or hurdle on, on the way to defaulting. I almost forgot that I pulled out this dollar bill because... It says here, this note is legal tender for all debts, private, or sorry, public and private. This goes back to what you were saying before. Mm. That the debt becomes the credit. Yes. If you want to dive into that just real quick. So this dollar is not, it's a piece of paper. And this is the federal government's guarantee that if I give this to somebody, they'll give me something in exchange that they value as a dollar. Yeah. If, if the federal government is using this they're basically saying this this is a debt that i owe i owe the government's debt yeah for this dollar right oh here. man we could do a whole other podcast on the federal reserve 
because we that, should. oh my god that because at one point in my life i actually in I, I i shadowed somebody at the federal reserve for a oh, day in Cleveland. that was funny hey i'll leave you i'll leave you with this federal reserve tidbit so we borrow money from the federal reserve as a country as consumers as whatever uh-huh. at a rate of 19 percent or the, the time when I was reading it, it was 19%. 19%? Yes. that At the time when I, I want, maybe 10 years ago, I was re- doing some research on this. It was 19%. What that means in regular layman's regular ass terms is that if we took all the money, all the cash that we have right now, whether bank accounts, in our pockets, in our wallets or whatever, and all of us went up to the treasury or to the Federal Reserve and says, you know what? Here's all your fucking money back we'd still owe them 19% because we can't print money. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, like I said, we can do a whole other podcast on this we because should. that's how the Federal Reserve keeps individual people, not just the states, in debt uh-huh. so that we can continue to borrow, to from, other borrow countries from other countries because we're forever in debt. Yes. Because that's the proof to other countries that we're always getting money being paid to us. Yes. So don't worry. But these people have to pay us taxes every year yes and so we will always have money to pay you if you lend us money this is a great point because it's like if you if i borrow six hundred dollars from you yeah and then you want to go get a loan for something you could say hey beth owes me six hundred dollars that's six hundred dollars toward your income basically yeah or your net worth that you could use to then get that loan and that's exactly what this Mm -hmm. is for but but, i owe him money that's towards him but not only not only not only that not only that you can you can tell the institution that you want to borrow from that I lent Beth six hundred dollars, but she actually has to pay me seven hundred and nine dollars. Yes, with the interest included. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he's actually worth more by lending me money. And there and, you go. And that is exactly how that is it. Because somebody was asking me about this when I was doing research and talking to people. Uh-huh. That is exactly how. We and the entire world are like, America's the richest country in the world. Why? Because of debt. <laughs> because we have the most debt. Not because we have the most cash. Not because we have the most valuables. Not because not because we have the most debt. debt. And the most people in debt. And the most states yes. in debt. And the most institutions in debt. Yes. That is it. That is it. That's it right there. I don't know if I got more to say. I know. I think that that states it perfectly. So, well, one more thing that I can say is this is why we must vote wisely. We must be voting for people who are not going to use us as political pawns. And please do not get all of your news from television or from Facebook. Mm -hmm. It did not take us much time to research this stuff. We researched individually. We knew the topic for this week. He researched. I researched. We created this entire podcast based on doing research and understanding how this came to be and what does it mean for us. Yeah, it took me all the way back to before 1917. It took you back to 17... To 1700, to Hamilton and Jefferson. Right, exactly. So it's important to know this stuff. Don't rely on others to tell you your news. But honestly, vote wisely. We need to get people in Congress that are not going to do this political bullshit and this grandstanding every year. We need yeah. to get people who are going to say, here's the budget, we approve the budget, therefore we approve the debt ceiling raise. Or, you know, if they're going to lower the debt ceiling, that's fine. But 
Bring back the Gephardt rule. That's what I want to see. That's what you want to see? That's what I want to see. What I want to see is bring back gold back currency. Oh, we could do a whole episode on that, too. Yeah, how about them apples? Oh. Tell these people how they can reach us, please. All right. So you can reach us on Twitch and on YouTube, Mixed Politics, if you just search those two words. Facebook and Instagram at Mixed.Politics. Twitter at MixedPolitics1, or you can email us at MixedPoliticsPod at gmail.com. Tell us your suggestions. You could also go to Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to us there. I listen to it on Amazon Music. Amazon Music, too. So you can listen to us there. You can subscribe. You can give us a rating. Tell us how you feel. Send us your comments and your likes and all the love because we definitely appreciate it. And we're also on Patreon, and he's going to tell you about that. I, I also lied. I don't listen to my own podcast. Who the hell does that? It's so fucking weird. Like, <laughs> well, we edit our own podcast for time. Yeah. So there's but no I don't listen to, really to the whole to thing like a fourth time. Like, yeah. Whatever. Patreon.com slash politics is where you can go get a fancy hoodie and donate and contribute to our podcast by asking questions and having them answered while we do this episode. Um, you can also get insider info and see how we plan for this podcast see how we do our research um you can actually be a part of the podcast and come sit between us or at the bar and have a drink drinks Drinks on us if you got a lot of money we'll take you out for a weekend i promise you it's there at patreon.com slash mixed politics so that's episode 23 to our analysts pundits and experts Mm -hmm. we give you cheers yeah thank you for listening that was way more fun than I thought it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, I know. Because really uh, the subject good. really sucks. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that this is happening every year, so we might as well educate our viewers about what it means. And honestly, the more I researched it, the more pissed off I was, because I was like, God damn it, why don't people know about this shit? You know what I also found in doing this? NPR has done so many different episodes on so many different podcasts about this same topic. It's like they know every year, hey, you know we gotta talk about this shit again. It's guaranteed content. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly.